SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday, December 9th morning. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in as we always do, Monday through Friday, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. You want to uh, check in with us, as uh, our good buddy Louie did last hour, 844-843-6879 is the toll-free telephone number. Open phone lines all hour long. It's coming hour. 844-843-6879. Follow me on Twitter. Send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. Uh, we got our poll question up. Uh, Dallas loses again last night in Tuesday Night Football. Which team has the least direction right now? Dallas, Jets, Jacksonville, the proverbial other. Uh, Jets are leading the way. Why not? They're winless at 64%. Dallas next in line at 24%. Jags at 7.5%. Other getting a five percent of the vote, with a couple of people mentioning the Philadelphia Phillies. One saying the Denver Broncos, or Philadelphia Phillies, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, saying they're a train wreck, and you're right about that. And another with the, with the Denver Broncos. So go to opposite picks, uh, get your vote in. We'll update that at least one more time before uh, we are through. Little YouTube chat as well. And you want to send me an email? Go to the website oppositepicks.com. That's where you see you on my podcast. If you want to get involved with the podcast. At the Scott Wetzel Show, you can listen to me uh, if you need more than two hours. And who doesn't, quite frankly? I mean, let's, let's face it. Uh, football last night, uh, Baltimore beat Dallas 34-17 as uh, they run for 200 yards. They, 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 Dallas just couldn't stop them. I mean, you just talk about a pathetic offensive performance. They gave up only, I'll say, 34 points. But when you run roughshod over an opponent like the, you know, Baltimore did last night over Dallas, it's an embarrassing 34. You know, normally 34 is not great anyway, but there are certain 34s that are a little worse than others. And last night was the worst you could possibly get. I mean, when you throw the football up and down the field, people marvel at the offense. Oh, the quarterback is this, the wide receivers are that. You know, everything is great. But when you jam the ball down a defense's throat by running, as Baltimore did, albeit a good portion of it by Lamar Jackson, Still, you run for 294 yards, almost 300 yards on the ground. That is where you get people saying, boy, this team sucks on defense. I mean, this team really blows. Edwards had 101. Jackson had 94. J.K. Dobbins had 71. Wetzel had 68. Ingram had 28. I mean, it was just up and down the lineup. Anybody with anything ran the football. The uh, average was 7.9 yards a carry, with Ingram the lowest uh, out of those guys at 4.7. I, I mean, uh, you just hand the ball off and you were gaining five yards. I don't know how you know Baltimore had to punt. I bet they didn't punt more than once or twice the entire way. Uh, I mean, it was up and down the field they went. So Dallas was missing a bunch of field goals, three of them. That was the difference. Dalton, you know, he gets sacked only once. He had time to throw, but he just couldn't. He did throw for 285 yards, but... They got into basically the red zone, and the offense stalled, except for an oh-by-the-way touchdown late in the game. Other than that, they they really didn't do too much uh, putting the ball into the end zone. So Des Bryant wasn't able to play. He ended up testing positive. We talked about that in the first hour. Uh, don't ask me why he was able to be on the football field. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
He had two basically false positives, and he was allowed to play. Um, doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. We welcome in our uh, radio audience as we were on YouTube and a few of the other little outlets that we are on. Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. So Baltimore walks away with a 34-17 win. They improved to 7-5. and five. Dallas falls to 3-9. and nine. So if you look at the standings now, I tell you, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, everything's said and done. Well, when we start analyzing teams and this and schedules and everything in a crazy year, this has been with the COVID-19. You know, adding that one extra playoff team you know, helps the situation. But even if it didn't, you know, you'd still have a crazy playoffs uh, scene in the AFC with the seven teams that are in. And then you got the Raiders that are on the outside looking in at seven and five. You got Baltimore on the outside looking in at seven and five. And then you even got the Patriots at, at six and six. Again, I don't think they're going to catch the Dolphins or Colts, but they do play the Dolphins one time. So, you know, theoretically, they're only one game back of the final playoff spot uh, with, with four to play before they control their own destiny. So bottom line is you have 10 of the 16 teams with four weeks left, still pretty much with a halfway decent chance to make the postseason in the AFC. <clears throat> in the NFC, you got your seven teams that are in. Then you have Arizona at six and six. Uh, tied for the last spot, you got the Bears at five and seven, and you get the Lions at five and seven, uh, the 49ers at five and seven, and, and the Redskins at five and seven. And you throw, you know, Dallas in there if you want to include them and Philadelphia. So you have realistically uh, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, you have 13 teams, 13 out of the 16 that are heading into this week and thinking, all right, if things fall the right way, we can make the playoffs. That's not bad. That, that really isn't bad. Now, it's a full month, but, uh, you know, I think the NFL will have signed up for that. I don't know if they're going to continue with this seven postseason thing. I, I don't like it myself, but if it gets all these teams involved, it's going to keep fannies going to the games. That's what NFL wants. They want people continuing to watch on TV. They want the fan base is still all pumped up. They think that generates revenue, and it probably does. So, you know, I, I got a feeling, you know, it's hard for them to take away playoff games. It is. Once you do it, you know, it, it's tough to say, all right, we don't want to do this anymore. So I'd be surprised next year if we went back to six playoff games. I think they're going to enjoy the seven. I really do. All right, Vegas and Bad Beats, a lot to get into. College football, NBA notes, baseball notes, more NFL coming up right here on a uh, Wednesday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Open lines, 844-843-6879. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com fence some of these things that he's able to do over 200 yards rushing are the ravens in the ballgame third time this season ends up and caught for the touchdown. What a grab by Brown. Great throw, great catch. Marquise Brown, left foot, drags the right for the score. This is... Little NFL football from last night. Fox Sports on uh, the NFL channel. Broadcasting the game last night as Baltimore does knock off Dallas 34-17. So, again, Ravens improved to 7-5. and five. 
Dallas falls to three and nine. You know the Ravens situation. Dallas is is dire, but they're not out of it. As as we pointed out, our number one, uh, 844-843-6879. Even at three and nine, now that the problem is that they lose a head-to-head tiebreaker with Washington. They don't with the Giants, uh, but they would theoretically with Washington. So as long as it stays as a two-team tiebreaker, then they would lose to Washington, which means they need to make up three games in four. Tough to do. But if it can stay a three-team tiebreaker, and if they can eliminate Washington first, and then it becomes a two-team tiebreaker, this is confusing, right? Then Dallas would win the tiebreaker over the Giants. So it's it's not uh, you know not necessarily out of the realm because Washington's division record is three and two. Cowgirls is one and three. So they have to make up some ground and they need Washington to lose a couple of these games, obviously. So, and the Giants record is three and two in the division. So, uh, you know, it's a process of elimination. Eliminate the one team, then becomes a head to header. And uh, the first tiebreaker for a three teamer is in, inside its division. And then I think it goes to common opponents if uh, you can't eliminate anybody. So they're not out of it. It, it, but it doesn't look good. And it goes back to what we've said. You know, would you rather Dallas Cowboy, New York Giant, or you know, especially Dallas because they're looking at a top five overall pick? Would you rather finish in the top five draft choice or make the playoffs, get bounced in the first round, probably, and end up drafting 17th? You know, I I just assume just not win the division at this point. They're they're a train wreck, three and nine. What are they going to do with their quarterback situation? Who knows? I don't think anybody knows what they're doing. All I do know is that Troy Aikman was at the or excuse me that. Uh, uh, Dak Prescott was at the game, you know, and, and he's been with the team a little bit. So I don't know if that means he wants to come back. Who knows? Who knows with that? I don't know if Jerry really knows at this point. All I do know is I would not be giving Dak Prescott $40 million. I wouldn't give him thir- – well, I'd probably give him 30 That And that's the going rate. That's the Ryan Tannehill rate. I'd put him in that kind of category. Decent quarterback, better than average, not great, right team, right defense. Right offensive game plan. You probably could win a Super Bowl with them. Won't say that because, you know, Brad Johnson's of the world, the Trent Dilfer's of the world that won Super Bowls. So you you can't categorically say you'll never win a Super Bowl with Dak. But would I, you know, go out on a limb and give him 35, 40 million bucks? No. And I'd have no problem walking away. It wouldn't be one of those situations where I would be like, oh, man, I can't believe we can't get this done. I'm so disgusted. I want to do it, but I just can't. No. You, You don't want $30 million? Don't let the door hit you in the ass. I'll go draft a quarterback. We got the fourth, third, fifth overall pick. We could trade up if we really needed to, I'm sure. We got some weapons here. We got some ammo we can give these teams that are ahead of us. Uh, Don't worry about it. We'll we'll be fine without you, Dak. College basketball last night. Illinois beats the Dookie Pukies 83-68 at Cameron Indoor. Wow. Second home loss for the Dookie Pukies already this year. That Illinois team, I only saw glimpses of it. I was watching most of the football game. They're a pretty good team. I tell you, they, they have lost already one time, but they got some They got some big fellas on that team. And that is going to be a tough team to knock out of the NCAA tournament if we have one this year. Remember, we didn't last year. They, they drilled the Dukes uh, from start to finish, which doesn't happen often. It's amazing. You know, Duke's going to have a little bit of a down year. Kentucky's obviously started off very, very slowly. You got some real blue bloods that are off to slow starts in college basketball. And there's nothing better. There is no better sight in the world than to see the Dookie Pukies lose and at home and by double digits, no less, by 15 points from start to finish. Uh-huh, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. 
I wonder how long it's going to be before Coach K says, mm, I'm not feeling well. I may have to step away from my team this year and give it to one of my assistants and let him deal with all the losses. Oh, yeah, we've seen it before. How about Candace beating Creighton 73-72 last night, battle of top 10 ranked teams. Kid from Creighton misses the third of three free throws with a second left. Could have sent the game to overtime. We gave out the over 150 on our website as a free play, so we came up a loser on that one, unfortunately. <clears throat> I knew that was a little too good to be true, but we had a shot. Kid made the first two free throws, but he missed the third. He was fouled on a three-pointer, and uh, and Creighton comes up one point short, and the game doesn't go to overtime. Kansas wins. Kansas State, meanwhile, got upset by Fort Hayes State. If you're saying who the fudge is Fort Hayes State, then welcome to the party. They are a Division II team in Kansas. They win by double digits, 81-68 at Kansas State. Now, it was an exhibition game for Fort Hayes State. I'm guessing it was for Kansas State as well. But they, they played the game legitimately. It wasn't like a Harlem Globetrotters thing here. I mean... Kansas State lost to a Division II in-state team by double digits at home. According to Elias Sports Bureau, the Bible, that's the first time a non-Division I team beat a major conference team on the road since Texas A&M Corpus Christi beat Texas Tech back in 2000 in Lubbock, Texas. So it doesn't happen often. you think it would would every once in a while, you know, no big deal, but um, you know, I don't know what they consider a major conference team, a power five team. Do they expand that a little bit more? Big East and, and AAC, uh, unlike in college football, I don't know. But either way, it doesn't happen often. And Fort Hayes State was playing without its head coach and lead assistant because of the COVID-19. So they were going with a, an assistant coach running the show, and they still beat Kansas State. And think about this. Think about how rough a day Bruce Weber had, head coach at Kansas State, right? One, his team loses to a Division II team by double digits at home. Two, his in-state rival Kansas gets a real good win against a top-five team in Creighton, 73-72. So that's tough to accept because my team lost and our you know, chief rival Kansas won. And his former team, Illinois. Beats the Dookie Pukies, one of their best, you know, in-season uh, wins in, in the last 20 years. So Bruce Weber's own team gets knocked off by a Division II team. His rival, Kansas, beats a top-10 team in Creighton. And his former team, Illinois, gets its best win maybe in the regular season in the last 20 years. That's a, that's a tough night for Bruce Weber. That, that's, you know, that's one of those nights where you just scratch your head and you say, do I really want to be a college basketball coach? I, I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's too bad, you know, because college basketball start. It's just starting to kind of feel its oats here. It generally takes me a couple of weeks before I get into it. I, I love college basketball, um, but, I, but I do need a couple of weeks. You know, generally it's when conference games start, maybe a week or two before that. But this year it's in, in such a flux. Teams playing here, there, who knows who they're playing. Half these games are getting canceled. So it's been even a bigger distraction to, to kind of follow this thing. And are they taking these things seriously? You got a couple of teams, as I mentioned, you know, traditionally great teams go off to slow starts. So and, and there's also a party that that says, you know what, they're not going to get this season done. They're, they're just not. You cross your fingers. You hope they will. But after not being able to finish the year last year, 
it's tough putting your heart into the season again only to be, you know, you're like Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football, right? I, am I going to believe you, Lucy? Are you going to hold it this time? You know, I, I've been burned so many times. Am I going to put faith that I'm actually going to be able to kick the football? I don't know. You know, I, we were burned last year. It should have been a great NCAA tournament. You know, no fault of anyone, they did, but they couldn't play it. So am I going to invest into this season knowing that there's a pretty good chance they're not going to be able to complete the season. It makes it difficult for a fan. It really does. But, uh, that's it's a good action last night. My Vegas and Bad Beats open phones coming up next. Great right here SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. They bought the rights to all of them. And Apple TV, is that what it is, Chris? Apple TV bought the rights to all of them. So, I mean, as long as you have Apple TV, which I don't even know if I have it or not. I, I don't I don't think I do. Uh, but that's the only way you can watch, the, you know, the Charlie Brown Christmas and the Burl Ives and then Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I mean, those are classics. Those, those are like, you know, absolute classics, right? I mean, you, you it's not Christmas season without hearing Burl Ives singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and, and they're out looking for Rudolph and, and everything, and then the grizzly monster there, what's his face, you know, falling down the cliff, and he, oh, he loses his teeth, and he ends up being a good guy when everything is said and done. I mean, that, that that's what Christmas is all about. It's like having a summer without Jaws, for goodness sakes. I mean, it's sad how the mighty dollar just wins out. I, I know Apple's trying to make a name for itself, uh, but, uh, you know, to find, it, to find a different way. Don't ruin our Christmas, for goodness sakes. I mean, I don't have Apple TV. I don't even have an Apple in my fr- in my kitchen, for goodness sakes, never alone on my TV set. So you, you take some class. It ought to be against the law. You know, like legally, it used to be anyway. I'm going to date myself, you know, back to broadcast law in college where it was illegal to have Super Bowls and World Series, NBA Finals on pay-per-view. They had rules that say you couldn't do that, right? So I don't know if those rules are still intact. Maybe they are, but it used to be illegal. They, they should throw, like, Christmas specials on top of that as well. You're, it's not allowed. It's illegal to have, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas and, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and uh, Frosty and all the others, you know, on, on these goofy little, you know, Apple TVs or Apple iPods or whatever the case may be. It's got to be on CBS. ABC, NBC, or Fox. That's it. But anyway, uh, yeah, a little, little Christmas music as we put the Christmas tree up uh, later on. Now in the Christmas spirit, you know, we'll, we'll go back to ripping. And you see what the Sun Belt did? I, I tell you, you talk, about, talk about pissing away, you know, a good karma. That is what the Sun Belt did. I, I really, you know, I don't know Coastal Carolina from a hole in the world, a wall. Uh, until recently, I didn't even know what state it was in. I, I figured it was in like Texas or Utah. So as it turns out, Coastal Carolina, I know it was in one of the Carolinas, right? But who, I, I actually thought it was North Carolina, but it's actually in South Carolina. And 
they're playing BYU this past week, right? They're supposed to play Liberty. Liberty couldn't play with the COVID-19 situation. They call up BYU. BYU says, fine, you know what? We'll fly all the way across the country. Not halfway, but all the way across the country. We'll play the game on two days' notice. Fine, whatever. Uh, we want exposure. We want to help our program. Uh, we still think we have an outside shot, despite Wetzel says, on bagels and bad beats and getting into the final four. So fine. We'll fly all the way across the country, have to deal with all the logistics, deal with all the headaches, getting hotels and everything else to play this dopey Coastal Carolina team that no one's ever heard of before this year. So they have a game, good game, terrific game, goes down to the wire, uh, and, and uh, Coastal Carolina ends up winning it as they tackle the guy at the one-yard line on the final play of the game that would have given BYU the victory had the kid been able to score. So what's the problem, Scott? The problem is one of the mopes on Coastal Carolina uh, decided to be Hulk Hogan against the star quarterback of BYU. In case you missed it, halftime, BYU's quarterback, you know, throws the ball up there for a Hail Mary attempt, right? <clears throat> Actually picked off, and BYU and, uh, and Coastal Carolina, you know, can return it for a few yards. But because there's an interception, that now all of a sudden turns the Coastal Carolina defense into the Coastal Carolina offense, which makes the quarterback free game, even though the quarterback is 55 yards down the field from where the interception occurred. He still technically is free game. So this mope, Jeffrey Gunter, and a buddy of his is just absolutely mugs the quarterback, Zach Wilson, who's a Heisman Trophy candidate, oh, by the way. So he's not just some slouch. They basically, not basically, they do, they tackle the poor sap. They double team him. Kid tries to get up. They tackle him again, you know, just throwing him to the ground. Before finally Coastal Carolina comes to his defense and they start a brawl just before halftime, right? Both uh, benches emptied. And I'll, I'll tell you the same situation as I told you with my own dopey team, the Miami Dolphins from this past weekend. I mean, God forbid, yeah, God forbid cooler heads don't prevail. What are you going to do? You have 70, 75 players on one side, 70, 75 players on the other side. You don't have fans in the stands, so I'm guessing there's uh, less security. You know, maybe you have, what, 10, 15, maybe 20 security people there. You got some assistant coaches. You can't stop this thing. You know, if, if there was an out-and-out -out brawl, again, just like the Dolphins-Bungles game, if there were out-and-out -out brawls with so limited uh, security members there because of no fans in the stands, why would you need them, right? You would have mass chaos on your hands. So this mope, Jeffrey Gunter, you know, decides to instigate a brawl. So, okay, it is what it is, right? No. The dopey Sunbelt, who was getting nothing but good publicity, whether it's the Louisiana Lafayette beating Iowa State, you know, whether it's Coastal Carolina going undefeated, you know, creating all this goodwill, taking a game on short notice, as BYU did on national TV. Four-letter network is there. They did their pregame from the, from the site. Uh, before the game, obviously, the Sun Belt ends up giving Gunter the Defensive Player of the Week award. Now, it's only a dopey little award. Don't get me wrong. But I'm thinking the guy should get suspended for the rest of the season. And this goofy conference is giving him an award. I mean, he started a bench-clearing brawl, for goodness sakes by acting like a bozo tackling the quarterback who's 50 yards away.
a quarterback that's thinking maybe he's got a shot in the NFL. He's not trying to make a tackle. It's a freaking Hail Mary, for goodness sakes. And you're going to give that guy the Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Year award? Again, I'm thinking you're going to suspend him for a couple of games, tell him to miss a bowl game. And you're actually going to reward him. That's unbelievable. See, that's the difference, I will tell you, between the Dolphins' bungles and Coastal Carolina-BYU. Dolphins' bungles, that was just a play in which the guy tried to time out when the defense, when, when the uh, punt returner was going to catch the football. He mistimed it. He hit the punt returner twice, you know, too soon. That's an honest, innocent mistake. I, I firmly believe that. I don't think it was a cheap shot. I don't. And I'm even a Dolphin fan. But this situation, which created the uh, the brawl, was an absolute, definitely instigated, cheap shot, and and, and caused this on purpose. I, I mean, <clears throat> there's there's no reason. There's no reason in the world. I mean, you're Coastal Carolina. No one's ever heard of you, for goodness sakes. You know, there's no reason in the world for you to be mugging the quarterback like they did. No reason. That's cheap. That's Bush League. You know, that's minor league action. It really is. And then for this dopey conference, the Sun Belt, to give this guy the defensive player of the week award, to basically tell him, hey, great job by, you know, trying to kill the quarterback. What a bunch of mopes. You know what? I, I went from rooting for Coastal Carolina and rooting for Louisiana Lafayette and rooting for Appalachian State to now, you know what? You showed your true colors, you know? whether it's the Louisiana Lafayette center who was snapping a football 25 feet over the punter's head five different times the other day, or now it's Coastal Carolina trying to start a bench-clearing brawl. I, I, I hope uh, the Sun Belt loses every single game the rest of the way. I really do. It's amazing. You want to know how dirty sports are? We know this stuff, but, you know, when, when you hear it, 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 it like, you know, it's just a slap in the face of reality. So UCLA head basketball coach Mick Cronin said he was told by his players that the program is losing and has lost some recruits due to their shoe affiliation with Under Armour. And you think to yourself, what does that have to do with anything? I mean, you tell me you can't recruit kids because you're Under Armour versus Nike or Spalding or Puma or whatever? Well, uh, a latest little survey came. I know it was a little dopey survey. It said Under Armour, for whatever reason, is not as high on the kids' list as it used to be. I actually think it's a pretty cool commercial. They got big-time athletes. I don't know why it would have fallen in the public's eye, but supposedly that's part of it, right? But realistically, the main thing, though, is, is that these high schools are affiliated already with some of these other programs, i.e. the Nike and Puma and whatever. And I guess Under Armour has fallen down the pecking order. So these other, you know, uh, companies have influence on the high schools in which uh, high school players in which schools they attend. And they tell those high school players, listen, uh, we're supporting your high school. Do us a favor. Go to a Nike school. Don't go to an Under Armour school. Don't go to a Puma school. Don't go to a Spalding school. You know, don't go to a Wetzel school. Go to, don't go to an opposite pick school. Go to a Nike school. So they had to drop Under Armour because Under Armour, I guess, wasn't tied in enough with the AAU programs and high school programs, and they're losing out on a whole bunch of kids. That's, you know, you can't have an agent, you know, but you can have a Under Armour 
Nike, whatever, basketball sneaker company influence you, their words, on where you can go to college? I mean, how, how dirty is college? How dirty is college? This poor kid, uh, nine out of ten kids don't give a rat's behind whether it's Nike, Under Armour, Puma, whatever the case may be. All they do is want to go to a college that's going to offer them a scholarship for the most part. <clears throat> you know, you got a handful of kids that can go pretty much anywhere you want, but otherwise, they're all at the mercy of getting scholarships. And these shoe companies are dictating where these kids go to college. Boy, college sports, you, you can't get lower and dirty college basketball, college Bagels and bad beats on a Wednesday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. was that last night? Uh, Fox Sports on uh, NFL Network with the call <clears throat> as Baltimore knocked off Dallas 34-17. Scott Wetzel bagels and bad beats on this Wednesday morning. Yeah, they're talking to the praises of uh, of Tucker, the field goal kicker from Baltimore, about how great he is and he never misses inside the 40. So <laughs> uh, yeah, the kiss of death uh, there from uh, uh, the announcers, uh, Joe Buck, as he actually ended up missing it. Uh, so that, that's pretty funny. And it's amazing how that jinx stuff really does work. I don't think it really plays any role, but it is amazing how it does come uh, to fruition a number of times. It's amazing. Even even Dr. Pepper has made a commercial out of that, which I think is pretty funny there. All right, let's check out our poll question, getting a good number of votes. God, we have more votes uh, this morning already than we had in our poll all of yesterday. So good response out there. Do appreciate that. Uh, Dallas loses last night. So which NFL team has the least direction right now? And uh, the Jets, who are uh, winless, lead the way almost 64%. Dallas getting 24%. Jags getting 6.5% and other uh, getting uh, just over 5% of the vote with Broncos and Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Tabarro going with Philadelphia, David Harrison going with the Broncos as two of those others. Uh, so get your vote in one more time. We'll update that before we are through at Opposite Picks, O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S, uh, on Twitter. Baltimore does win 34-17 last night. They improved to 7-5, and five. Dallas Bulls to 3-9. and nine. Uh, Des Bryant told uh, moments before the game was to begin that he couldn't play because of the COVID-19 situation in which he failed to test his third test of the day. We talked about that. Don't know why he was allowed to play or looked like seemingly allowed to play. And then I don't know how the game was allowed to pl be played, to tell you the truth, because you can't tell me he wasn't within uh, a teammate, you know, and many teammates, six feet, they say, for more than 15 minutes. I mean, he's in a locker room. He's, he's in a locker. He's got to have lockers that are next to him within six feet on either side. I mean, he just has to. And uh, to say that he wasn't within six feet of someone for at least 15 minutes is, is a comical joke with the NFL. Uh, they have their rhymes or reasons on why they do things. But ultimately, it's the bottom line. There is just no way, no way in the world they were ever going to cancel this football game after all the delays the Ravens have had. And you would think, oh, by the way, with all the delays and all the hassles that they've had to deal with, 
Baltimore that they would be up on all this COVID-19 stuff, right? I, I mean, if he had a, a a false positive or an inconclusive test in the morning, you would have thought they would have told Dez, get your ass right back there, you know, and go get another test and, and let's make sure it's done. Rather than, you know, who knows when he actually went back to the lab and they waited all the way until last night, a half hour before game time uh, to find out that a second test was inconclusive. Then he was given a third point of care test, whatever the fudge that is. And that's the one that they found out a half hour before the game that he apparently failed and wasn't able to play. So uh, why did it take so long for the results? It was a home game. No reason why he couldn't have gotten it, you know, in the afternoon to my eyes. And, um, you know, why did the NFL allow that game to be played? They'll weasel their way out of it. But again, show me how Des Bryant wasn't within six feet of somebody. You know, show me why the NFL can make you wear masks on the sidelines for five minutes, five, 15 seconds, hell, you know, without being fine now. But a guy in the locker room was allowed to be, you know, with uh, next to somebody uh, who's not within six feet for 14 minutes without being punished. <clears throat> doesn't make sense, right? You know, and the, the, the requirements for you to uh, have prolonged exposure don't exactly seem too stringent. I'll, I'll tell you that. Otherwise, they'd probably have to cancel all these football games. College, <clears throat> college basketball last night. Uh, Illinois beat the Dookie Pukies as they lose, as Duke does at home for the second time already. Kansas beat Creighton 73-72 when the kid missed the final free throw. Could have sent the game to overtime. Gave out the over on our website, so that was a loser. Uh, Kansas State knocked off, uh, or was knocked off by uh, Division II Fort Hayes State. Man, Fort Hayes State beats Kansas State on the road, no less, 81-68. So as I pointed out earlier, think about the, the day Bruce Weber had. You know, his Kansas State team loses to a Division II team at home by double digits. Uh, his rival, Kansas, gets a real good win over a top 10 team in Creighton. And his former team, Illinois, you know, gets maybe one of its best wins in the last 20 years of beating the Dookie Pukies by 15 at Cameron Indoor. So <clears throat> tough, tough day for, for Bruce Weber for sure. Uh, college football rankings came out. Top four remain the same as you would think they would do as all the teams that won handily. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State in that order. Texas A&M is five. Florida remains six. Uh, the only difference you have really in the top ten is Iowa State moved up to number seven. But again, that's to create false hope, false drama, fake news, as uh, Trump supporters would say. You know, Iowa State's not getting in. They could beat Oklahoma by 100 points in the Big, ten, uh, Big 12 title game. And with losses to Louisiana Lafayette, at home at Oklahoma State, they're not getting in. They're just not. So they could put them seven if you want to. I don't take that as a, you know what, the Big 12 is still alive. I take that as the AAC is dead. They moved them ahead of Cincinnati. You know, at 8 0, Cincinnati showed, as the committee showed again, as I told you they would. And I, I told you last week and I told you the week earlier, they're not going to put Cincinnati in. They would just as soon put the, in fact, I said they'd just as soon put the Big 12 champ in. And now they're, you know, by putting Iowa State seven this week, in, in case something crazy happens, you know, and, and uh, you know, Arkansas knocks off uh, Florida, uh, knocks off Alabama, and Alabama loses again, you know, something crazy like that. They're at least giving themselves a little bit of an out rather than going to Cincinnati. So um, it's not happening. Listen, the AAC stinks this year, as it turned out. Memphis, Houston, Central Florida all dropped off. Looked like they were going to be halfway decent wins for Cincy. But in reality, though, those are you know almost 500 teams. So it's not happening. The only one that maybe you could have made a case for was Northwestern at 5-1. and one. 
had they beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. And Ohio State will be playing in the Big Ten Championship. Again, all this false drama. There's no way in the world the Big Ten, whose you know, selection committee AD is, is the AD at Iowa. There's no way in the world they're doing anything that would not encourage the selection committee to take Ohio State. And, and they're not doing it. They're not going to pass up a paycheck. College football is all about money. But they want to, again, create all this false discussion and drama and debate. They love this stuff. Gosh, it's it's, it's brutal. Um, so I would have thought maybe if Northwestern were to beat Ohio State in the Big Ten title game, they could have gotten a nod with only one loss. But they got him at 14. They really don't like the Big Ten. It's amazing. Despite having Barta in there, I will say, Six and one Indiana, only twelfth. Five and one Northwestern, only fourteenth. Five and two Iowa, only sixteenth. You have three teams: Oklahoma, Georgia, Iowa State, with more losses than Indiana and Northwestern, and both or all three are all ranked higher than those two. They just don't respect the Big Ten at, at all. So, uh, and that is amazing. Michigan's AD uh, Ward Manuel says he and Coach Jim Harbaugh are going to sit down at the end of the season. And any discussions about offering contract extensions that we brought up yesterday? No, don't don't believe it. He says so. All right, I'll take him for his word. I I don't doubt it. Um, I, you know, when you offer up some specifics to those uh, contract discussions, then I suppose I'll believe it. So I'll take uh, you know, Ward for his word. I must say, you know, watching uh, Harbaugh talk a little bit yesterday on conference call, he does look a little weird. Um, you know, he looks normal on the sidelines when he's in his little get up there, but yesterday. You know, he's got those big fat cheeks and he had these big goofy, um, you know, glasses on that uh, he, he, he's he got a strange, you know, like those Harry Carry glasses. Remember those, those big, thick Harry Carry glasses? He had those on. I, I don't know if it's to balance his face because his cheeks are, are so like wide, but, you know, he, he really, he looks weird. He sounds weird. I think he is weird. I, I don't, you know, I don't know how he was a successful head coach. He obviously has not been at Michigan, but he, yeah, I don't think he's going to be there next year. I don't, I, I think they're going to offer him a contract that he can't accept. You know, it's one of those, you know, you know, I'm going to make you a deal. You can't refuse. I think they're going to make him a deal that he can't accept. I, I think they're going to lowball him and let him walk. I, I think it's a battle of who wants to be the bad guy. They don't want to be the bad guy, meaning Michigan, because they're going to be firing a Michigan man who came in with such fanfare. Harbaugh doesn't want to walk away from a job uh, because, you know, he told the world that this was his dream job and he would never, ever, ever leave. So it, it's kind of like, I'm not going to walk away. You're going to have to fire me. Michigan's like, I'm not going to fire you. You're going to have to walk away. So either take the million dollars well below market value uh, or walk away. And Harbaugh's like, well, I'm not going to walk away and take a job with the Detroit Lions or New York Jets or Jacksonville Jaguars, even though I probably can you're going to have to fire me because I don't want people saying I ran out on you. So I, I think it's going to be a battle of wits here that they may all get along right now, but I think in the end, you know, throw a little buyout, you know, what are you going to pay me to, to leave? Not a good situation at, at Michigan. It, it really isn't. You either got to double down and commit to him for four more years or let him walk. Michigan, Ohio State this Saturday canceled because of the COVID-19 cases. So now Ohio State's thinking about playing maybe Indiana again, uh, maybe Iowa, which isn't on the schedule for this week. If, if you know, But the Hoosiers, 
Um, they didn't practice yesterday. They're dealing with their own COVID uh, situation. They're supposed to play Purdue, but Purdue has COVID issues. Now Indiana has COVID issues. Just just allow Ohio State to play in the Big Ten title game, for goodness sakes. Uh, but, you know, every other team in the Big Ten is dealing with COVID issues, whether it's Michigan, Indiana, Purdue, Minnesota's had to deal with it. Just stop the farce. Will you please and put Ohio State in a Big Ten title game? They're the best team in the conference by far. They need one more win to help their case with the selection committee for the Final Four. Why are they fooling around with this? Why even have them play Iowa and risk them losing? What would the Big Ten, what, what is Ohio State and the Big Ten gaining out of them playing Iowa this weekend? Nothing. You, know, you can do nothing but lose and piss away, you know, a bid to the Final Four. So the commissioner, Kevin Warren, said that they're going to remain fluid and uh, remain transparent. Lingo for we're going to do whatever it takes and uh, we'll let you know. So they're, they're leaving that option clearly open, and that's what's going to end up happening. I, I almost guarantee it. Um, James Harden remains in the news. We brought him up yesterday, as many have. He apparently told the Rockets uh, before training camp that he would be open to a trade to the Philadelphia 76ers. We know he supposedly said the same thing about the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I told you about the tweet his mother sent out. He just wants to be with a team that could win a championship. So some other uh, possible contenders, he's open to a trade. Now, as far as I know, he doesn't have a trade clause. I'm not positive on that. He took his corona test yesterday. He's got a clear. Once he does, uh, he should be set to join the Rockets training camp. So at least he's back with the Rockets uh, until he, uh, you know, is start of the protocol to, to be able to practice. Don't forget, old Rockets GM Daryl Morey is now the new 76ers president. He says he has no interest in breaking up uh, Embiid and Ben Simmons, which he probably would have to do in order to get Harden. I don't think they would ever, ever trade Embiid. You might be able to tweak Simmons out of him, but he's saying the right thing right now, saying, no, they're not going to do that. So what else do they have that Houston would want? You'd have to get a third team involved. But, you know, the bottom line is Harden can opt out of his contract following next season. So he's, he's under contract for two more years. Uh, who, who wants him? You know, who, who's going to take him? You're not going to get equal value knowing that the team that acquires him could lose him after two seasons. And who wants him anyway? You know, he's been a me-first player his whole career. He's never won a big game in his NBA career. Who really wants him? You know, no. So I don't think you can really get that much of a team. I, I really don't. And I wouldn't want him on my basketball team. And I certainly wouldn't want him on my Philadelphia 76ers. And if Florey doesn't want him, the former GM, that just tell you something. All right, thank you for that piece. We'll close up shop next with a couple of winners for you and stories that we didn't have time to double. I'm a fool, fool. I've been such a SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. have time to delve into too too much before we get some winners and update the poll question one more time how about Suns guard Devin Booker who says he wants to be known as book he doesn't like Devin oh okay there Devin how about winning a championship before you start picking nicknames uh, how about getting to a championship before you start picking nicknames 
Uh, how about getting to a conference title game before you start picking nicknames? How about winning a playoff game before you start picking nicknames? How about getting to a playoff game before you start demanding nicknames? What a joke. Devin doesn't want to be called Devin. Boy, Chris Paul comes in and all of a sudden he starts making demands and requests. Okay, book. What a goof. Uh, teams are supposedly interested in Felix Hernandez, who was 1-8 and eight the last time he was pitching. Boy, how desperate are teams for pitching? You want a guy that's 1-8? and eight? Holy fudge. Uh, these teams are really in a lot of trouble if they want to rely on uh, Felix Hernandez, who's throwing a fastball about 80 miles an hour. Eagles named Jalen Hurts. They're starting quarterback over Carson Wentz. I told you yesterday I'm sick of that story. I really am. Cardinals activate wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, for the COVID-19 list, so he'll probably play Sunday versus the Giants after missing a couple of games. All right, uh, let's give you a couple of winners here. We're going to go to the basketball court. I'm going to give you two. I'm in a good mood today. Christmas tree shopping day. Uh, I'm going to give you under Texas Tech, Abilene Christian, 131.5. Tech's defense uh, is in midseason form. They have really held their opponents uh, to basically nothing. So unless Texas puts 90 on the board, and I don't think they will, Texas Tech, I think that game's going to go under the 131 and a half. And I'm going to go with Chattanooga laying two and a half at Bellarmine. Yes, good old Bellarmine. They played, they opened up their Division One history by playing the Dukey Pukies last time out. You talk about a letdown going from Duke to Chattanooga to watch Chattanooga come away with the uh, victory lane two and a half. So there you go. Polk, Weston, Chet, the biggest, uh, craziest, least directed team, 64% of the vote on our uh, Twitter question of the day. Have yourselves a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here. Maybe it's about the Scott Webster. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.